Hello and welcome to this week's Hong Kong Heritage, where I head to Lei Mun, where I haven't been for years. Lei Mun has acted as a key channel leading into Victoria Harbour, with former defences on the Hong Kong Island side, where you can now find the reopened Hong Kong Museum of Coastal Defence. And on the Kowloon side, there are a number of well-known seafood restaurants and some other discoveries that David Bellis tells me about as we walk along. So, in terms of transport, I get off at Yao Tong Station at Exit A and meet up with David Bellis, the founder of the Hong Kong history website, Gulo.com. And in this programme, he's off to show me a stone pier that possibly dates back 120 years as we take our life in our hands, walking the gangplank. You bring your, your swimming costume, we're going <laughs> to venture out onto this little platform. Navigate the passing traffic. Man with trolley with two LPGs. I hear about the quarrymen who took the stone from the four hills of Kowloon. Several hundred single men, nothing to do but get drunk and have great brawls and fights. <laughs> and there would be no programme without David Bellis mentioning his beloved obelisks. Obelisks are those little <laughs> granite pillars that are all around Hong Kong and they all have a story to tell and should be treasured. David Bellis has also published four books of Hong Kong photographs where he tells the story behind the pictures and he's currently working on a fifth. On the 11th of March, he'll be giving a talk at the Hong Kong International Literary Festival about these historic Hong Kong photos that he's found and the stories that he's discovered about them. He's also wondering if you could help him out with a couple of questions later in the programme. But first, come along with David Bellis and me as we walk along the seafront. Yeah, yes, this is a little bit out of the way, isn't it? We're down by Le Moon and all the seafood restaurants. I was back here maybe a month or so ago. I came with Phil Kenny every couple of months we'll just head somewhere and wander the streets looking for old things obelisks no. obelisks <laughs> there isn't a trip without an obelisk oh, can't have too many obelisks <laughs> so obelisks are obelisks are those little <laughs> granite pillars that are all around hong kong and they all have a story to tell and should be treasured <laughs> and phil kenny of course should also be treasured i go around with him looking at various destinations of or where films have been filmed here or movies so uh, last time i had phil kenny on the program we were actually talking talking about the jumbo and the floating restaurants and all the films or TV series that have been done there. Yeah. So, so he came to, with you to Lei Yumen. That's right. We, we'd been here. We'd had a good walk around and looked at some old sites, I'm sure, that had appeared in movies. That was his interest. And on the way home, I was thinking, you know, I'm sure I remember a story about a pier here in the war. So I went back home and I looked at Tony Bannum's diary of the war. And here we are, 12th of December, 1.30 in the morning, after covering the retreating British troops, the Punjabis fall back to Devil's Peak, and then at 2 a.m., A and B Company Punjabis leave the Sam Khartoum Pier. So that's the pier. So then I got thinking, well, where was the pier, and is there anything left? So this is the 12th of December 1941, as the forces under the British are basically retreating from the Japanese. Yes, that's right. The Japanese had broken through the gin drinkers line much quicker than expected. And so you've got one group of British troops coming down the Kowloon Peninsula and then the ones who were further to the east, they're heading back to Devil's Peak and then they'll, they'll get on boats at the pier just here. So you just spotted this pier and, and you also remembered this Second World War reference? No, no, no. The, the reference popped up in my mind and then I went oh, looking, looking to for the see, pier, right. you know, is the pier still here? So turn to the HK Maps website, which is fantastic. It's got all these old maps. There's nothing in the late 1890s but about 1904, we see 
I've got a, a copy of the map here. We can see a T-shaped pier into the harbour, and then this little road winds up the hill and apparently to nowhere. But the clue is this dotted line. So the dotted line on the map shows the border of the military land, the War Department's land. And those roads were leading to two big new gun emplacements here. Because, of course, we're at Lyman Pass, we're at the entrance to the harbour, and it was key for the British to defend against any navies, other, other navies coming in here, attacking them. So the pier is at Sam Kachun, and in between you've got, I mean, what you're showing me here, you've got Devil's Peak uh, and also some stone quarries. Yes, so this is the, the Seisan, the four mountain area, which is the four big old quarries. So before the Brits arrive in, in here, at least the new territories, this area is famous for quarrying of stone. So um, T-shaped pier, you know, anything here today? Well, I, I looked on the modern map and where the pier is, was just this sort of blob of development. If you know the little restaurants that have sprouted up here, they're all kind of higgledy-piggledy all together. So I thought, oh, Pier's probably gone. But, he says, leafing through his paperwork. Okay, so 1968, the map shows Pier still here. And then I looked on a, a modern map of the area. This is the government map, which has a lot more detail. And you can see the shape of a T is still here, and it's still sort of distinct from the buildings that are around it. And that's often the case that even though the, the, the squatting buildings kind of take up all the space they can, they would leave the government space clear. So we came back and perhaps I can walk you over and show you what we found. Excellent. You know, David, when I often think about Lehman and the Lehman Pass, and uh, as you say, the, the way that the Lehman has been regarded in terms of which Navy you were worried about, you know, in the First World War, was distinct from the Second World War in terms of the navies, and of course there was always the French. But I haven't been down to this neck of the woods for years, so thank you for bringing me down here. And I think some of it hasn't changed much, or well, is about to, do you think? Yeah, well, it's, it's been through its phases, hasn't it? So it had its quarrying phase, and then that all came to an end, apparently after the, the riots in 67. So the, the banning of explosives made it very hard to be quarrying rock because that's ah. what they were using yeah so it, it but it's been reborn as a as a seafood center yes i mean that's what i was referring to i meant that uh, i probably haven't been down here for about 15 years okay. yes and so we're just going down this well quite dark alley i wonder if it's about to change because we do have quite a bit of construction going on around us so there's a lady who seems to be watering her lobsters <laughs> yes i think she might be what's she doing to them oh they're being inspected they're being lifted up and inspected I guess if you look too healthy, you'll get taken off to the pot. Or perhaps if you look too unhealthy, I don't know which way around it is. <laughs> Let's go inside. So it's sort of, yeah, so we've got Lobster Lady here at the front, but then it seems to be quite a, an area of small businesses. Yep, the man, you can have every shape and size of plastic tubing for sale on the left. Oh, and quite a modern restaurant, but with nice historic photos on the, on the, on the walls. That's interesting. Looks like a dumpling place. Hon Honki restaurant or Honkei restaurant. So yes, these are all the seafood restaurants, of course. Yep, about to be mown down by <laughs> LPG delivery. Oh yeah, man with trolley with two LPGs. So we don't go too far in and then we'll just make a, a right turn and you'll see the, it, you can see out to the sea at the end, so that's where I think the old pier was. Gosh, that crab's enormous. We're following a, a lady with another trolley, this one with baskets. So I think this is where the, the boats come and bring the seafood. 
So it, it's still in use as a pier, yes. but just not, you just can't at first glance make it out that it, it was the old pier on the map. Got a couple of red lamps hanging, just passing a bicycle, some lobster baskets, the ubiquitous polystyrene boxes, less attractive. Is this a pier then? Can you bring your, your swimming costume? We're going <laughs> to venture out onto this little platform. Oh, oh my goodness. So we're just going over this uh, ooh, narrow bit. Yeah, so narrow platform over the water, and then we're on to some upturned plastic boxes. Is this a pier then? <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> okay, so you see what we're looking at in front of us, and it's a typical sort of mishmash. It's got some brick section, some concrete section, but in the middle, the bit we got excited about, see if you can, can spot it. All right, I'll just turn around here. So if you look to the right of those bricks and under those bricks, there's something very different about that what you mean the different um so what they've used different building materials yes that's the that's kind of the key thing yes no 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 it's much older stone it's a it's a very nicely finished very large granite block so we've gone from the yeah the higgledy piggledy bricks and concrete which is obviously sprung up in recent years and i think back to the original granite block that would have been put here as part of a pier so if we walk back and we follow the edge of that line, you can see where the, the left side of the, the T was and, the, and a very clear line of granite blocks all the way back to the, the corner there. So we just, what would you call this? A wooden little jetty? A gangplank. <laughs> Glan oh, yes, it's a gangplank. That's right. I looked it up. That's got German origins. Oh, really? Yeah. Gang, Eingang, Ausgang, is, is an entryway. Cross so the gangplank, madam. Oh, thank up you so you. much. So we're just safely back off the gangplank. Yes, we use the the edge then, I think, of the old pier. Can you see these big granite blocks here? So this would date back to when, just very soon after the, the lease of the new territories, so the early 1900s. Oh, right. So that makes this over, well, over, over 120 years old. Yes. So the stone quarries, I presume, round here would all be good. The, the four mountains are all granite, aren't they? They were, and then later on they discovered kaolin, which, oh, okay. uh, which was very valuable for them, very, very good business. So kaolin would be chalk-based or...? Kaolin is, um, I think, a very fine clay, something yes. like that. Because I remember, do you know, I remember when I had, it's amazing looking back, the kind of med medical stuff you'd have had as a child. I think I had kaolin and morphine. Yes, uh, I remember a friend at uni having that. If you had an upset tummy, um, one of the treatments was kaolin and morphine. So two good um, links to Hong Kong history there. <laughs> so back down the seafood corridors. Where are we going next? Oh, there's a nice, uh, nice old fishing boat here. Postbox? How about a KG5 postbox? <laughs> Let's go. Oh, that's old. King George V. Yeah, so he's, uh, he's 1910, 1936. And I guess the reason there's a postbox there is because of this pier. Because we, we really are, at that time of Hong Kong's development, this is the back of beyond. You know, we're miles away from anywhere. There's no roads coming here. But you could have very easily had a, a launch calling in once a week or something to check the mail. There we go. You see it off down the distance, the bright green. Oh, yes. So, yes, there's a just down here, a couple of people coming cycling past. And then down at the end of this alleyway is the King George V postbox. Good discovery. How many do you think are left of those in Hong Kong? Hmm. What are we down to? I guess maybe 10 to 20 postboxes in the yeah. old, old style. So you could post your letters from here since 1910. I'm assuming so. I'd love to find out when it was actually put here. If anyone, anyone listening knows, um, that would be a, a good addition to the history.
And it's nice that it's still got its insignia. Yes. Yeah, hasn't been covered over. I think there was a risk of that, wasn't there, yeah. at one stage, but yeah. they've been left alone. Yeah, which is great. Just a part of the history. So down some more seafood restaurants along here. Yeah, it's all pretty closed up, isn't it? I guess this sort of comes to life more about lunchtime. Yes. And then it's big business in the evenings. But... Yeah, we're here mid-morning. So we're just passing the Golden Dragon seafood restaurant. And then here we've got, um, ah, yes, all the different types of biscuits and sweets yeah, all the different candies yeah. all the different sweet biscuits and the rolls quite similar to what you see at llama yeah i was going to say that uh, this has aspects of soccer one to it but not these alleyways i mean soccer one is a little bit more open and you have uh, the seafood restaurants all along but yes certainly out all the fish and crustacea all are out on show for people to pick out now the next next thing we're looking at is an old school building um it's just something that Phil was looking for, so I guess it probably appears in one of the old movies he studied. It started off just after the war, just a little school, and then it had a, an infusion of money from the, the Tiger Balm um, family, the Orr family. And more recently, it's become a, a jockey club centre for sort of culture and arts and that type of things. Now, from here, we can see so the, the reason for this flat land being here and they'd be able to build is that this was one of the early quarries. You can see at the back there the cliff where they've done the quarrying work. Oh, yes. So originally all done by hand. And, uh, yeah, listening to, to a talk by Pat Hayes about the area. So he's a wonderful historian, Pat Hayes. Oh, he knows so much, yeah. And he was saying this was a real Wild West part of Hong Kong at the time. So late 1890s, early 1900s, you've got all these beefy quarry workers here, several hundred single men, nothing to do but get drunk and have great brawls and fights. <laughs> So, uh, I'd have thought they'd be all tired from that quarry work. <laughs> Apparently they had enough energy, you know, to take it out. I don't know if it was on the neighbours or, or how that all worked. On one another, I should think, sometimes. Yes, yes. When you've got enough alcohol in you, yeah. I'm sure. So what would they be using? Pickaxes? To break it off? I'm not sure. I mean, it, it was big stuff. Apparently yeah. the cathedral in Canton, the stone for that, came from these quarries. Ah. So we're talking, you know, sizable blocks. Yes, the four, of course, yeah, the Zeishan or the Four Mountains. Well, the Four Hills of... Is it Four Hills of Kowloon is the correct term, isn't it? Yeah, Seisan, Four Mountains, Four Hills. Yeah. Here we are then. So this is the old building. And the, the thing that Phil pointed out to me was just round here. So first glance, we were thinking, oh, Tiger Balm, the animal over here. But it's obviously been repurposed. It's a, a pig that's been painted with some stripes. <laughs> and we thought perhaps it had come from the Tiger Balm Gardens. You know, maybe it was left, but if you give it a tap, you'll... Uh, you'll hear exactly what it's made of. Oh. Oh, it's much lighter. I thought it was some concrete. Yeah, thing. no, it's, it's, I don't know if it's fiberglass or plastic or what, but yeah. it's certainly not an original Tagabam garden. No. Uh, so, the striped pig. But this is an interesting little, it's almost like semi-neglected, isn't it? Which is, uh, suits me fine. It's a little sort of garden area, which the birds are enjoying, if you can hear that. So this is saying in an, a very old bench. So this is part of the school? I assume so. Oh, arts field, it says, yes. according to the sign on the, the and wall this is, here. And now this is used as a different kind of public building. So this is the Jockey Club, Leyumun Plus. Just reading up here, Kowloon Federation of Associations, Community Services uh, Foundation. So that's what the old building has been repurposed as. Yeah, and it's got quite, a, this is quite modern, this bit. Have you been to the one over at Chern Kwano, the Chern Kwano Post? I just was on a walk through there last week. It's in the old police quarters, 
and they've turned it into a museum of Chen Kuan It's got all these beautiful pictures and oral histories and recordings of videos. It's well worth a visit. So can I have that address again? Yes, I'll definitely go. Chen Kuan Post, I think, if you look for that. So board. post, old post office, or you mean? No, old... post. I guess like police post. Oh, I see. Yeah. And so Chen Kuan Post. It's in the old police quarters, but it's been refurbished. One of these revitalization of old buildings, I think one of those projects. And, uh, yeah, it was very quiet when we went there, but it's almost brand new and, and really loads of good stuff to see. And open to the public, you yeah, know, just regular hours. free of charge, just ordinary hours. Yeah. And if you're willing to climb up some steps just nearby, there's something else that's new to me. It's, um, well, no one seems to know quite what it is. It's a, a tower. It's made of granite, very nicely finished. And the description of it says maybe it was to do with a, a Chinese lookout looking at the entrance to the harbour here, so before the release of the new territories. But my first reaction to looking at it was it looks like a folly. And we've got the old Rennie's Mill near there, so I wonder if there's some connection with that. But again, if anyone listening can tell us more, please do. So we're just passing a chap fixing a table. It's good to see stuff repurposed. So we're actually, where we've come now, the alleyway is opening up a bit and uh, the restaurants have become a bit more plush. They've got what I call the sort of wedding gown type, what would you call them, upholstery on the chairs, oh, you know. Yes. You've the vinyl chair's still there, but now it's covered in a, yes. a nice bit of velour. <laughs> yes. That's a great word. So yes, now we're passing the Skyline Banquet Hall. So it's now opening up where we're walking on this corner by Lei Yumen. So remind me, the pier's called... Well, the pier was called the Sam Garchun Pier. That's in Tony's book. And Sam Garchun, on the old maps we looked at, is close, but just on the other side of the, the little inlet here. And Leiu Moon is the name for the waterway, but kind of gets used for this area now. So I'm not 100% sure how the names all link up, but I think if you say, I'm going to Leiu Moon, people think you're coming here. Absolutely, for the seafood, yeah. yes, totally. Things have become a, you know, where, where we were walking before was a little pier and out to where the boats are. Now we're more almost onto a beach area, actually. Yeah, between your bucket and spade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Should have brought my bucket and spade, absolutely. On the maps, this is called the Oyster Shell Beach, and there are certainly oyster shells down in front of us. And I think this is the first bit of natural beach for a long way, because if you head to the west from here, back round to the old airport, down Chimsar Choi, back up towards Mongkok, around... You probably have to go out to Castle Peak before you get to a, a bit of non-reclaimed land. Yeah, this is a, a little bit of Hong Kong that I don't... You know, as I said, I haven't been down here for a long time, so it's all very interesting to see. Because here you've got... I'm sure you can hear the lapping of the waves and some rocks and pebbles um, on a sandy beach. And uh, in front of us, we've got a sort of a rocky promontory with some steps going up. So I would imagine that's... Well, I've obviously got a beacon on the top, but that's, that's quite a good fishing rock, that would be. And uh, across the way, just looking over at the high-rises of Shao Kei Wan. And then across, looking south over to the end of uh, the sort of eastern part of Hong Kong Island, you've also got the Hong Kong Museum of Coastal Defence, which reopened again recently. Yeah, that, that kind of explains the hurry of the, the British to get over here and build their, their gun emplacements. Because one of the problems with the gun emplacements at where the museum is now is that there was sort of a a dead space if you were sailed a ship very close to that coastline the guns couldn't point down and hit you so having guns over this side meant you covered the water much much better have you been to the museum since it's reopened they've done a really excellent job i'm always a little bit cautious when museums get a revamp here at the moment just wondering how perhaps the the messaging might change but 
fantastic. They've packed more information in. They've used modern technology very well, like different displays. And they've put more of a Hong Kong story to it. So before it was very much the British military here in Hong Kong. And there was still a lot of that. Of course, now we get to see about the PLA. But also a big section on Hong Kong people in the armed forces before. So the Chinese people that worked for the armed forces and the other nationalities, the Gurkhas, the Indian troops. You know, the whole story of the, the wartime retreat here, that's all Indian troops. And on Gulo, for example, we have almost nothing about the Indian community. It's such, such a, a hole in our coverage. So it's really great to see them getting some, some better information put, put on display there. So, David, we're walking away from the beach now, passing a lovely Banyan. And where are we off to next? Well, I think, first of all, we'll just enjoy the quiet, isn't it? It's, it's <laughs> just very silent down here. No so, trolleys. No trolleys. There will be trolleys, but there aren't any at the moment. So we're heading along the, the coast towards the, the tip of the coast. We'll go past a Tin Hao temple, which also has a, an interesting background. Apparently it was funded by a pirate who was using this area as, as his base. And pirates pop up again with all the quarrying that was going on here. So I, this is not nothing to do with me. This is Pat Hayes' knowledge coming through again. He talks about how the, the boats that took these great granite blocks up to Canton, so heading up the Pearl River, had to be super strong and powerful because of the heavy load they were carrying. But of course, coming back down the river, they were empty. And so they whistled along and they were the fastest thing in the, in the neighbourhood and they were blamed for most of the piracy because nothing could catch them. Oh! Yeah, so quite a... The temple goes back about 200 years, so that's quite an early pirate story, but the quarry pirating, that's, I think, yeah, just over 100 years ago, so much, much more recent. Well, you've got to make a living. <laughs> you pay for all the drinks so you can go and have your brawls. <laughs> so we're just going down a more lived-in area now because you've got all these bikes parked alongside with baskets and all the way up the steps. So this is residential now, isn't it? It is. It's lovely. Yeah, this for me has echoes of Tayo. Yeah, this when you're here, you can't, can't imagine that you're in Hong Kong. But I'm sure I remember being on a junk trip and coming back into the harbour here and, and seeing stilt houses along here. I'm not sure if there still are any. Now, some of these houses are just, well, there's an aspect of metal about some of them and uh, are modern and painted. I mean, not necessarily that modern, but not that old either. And in front of us, we've got something that's extremely old and a bit dilapidated. Yes, the, the plaster's fallen off, so you can see that instead of it being made from brick, it's a, a jumble of, of rocks behind here. And Pat had a, an old map in his talk, and it was some little black patches where there were buildings. And he said the reason they show up is because they were in stone. So on the old maps, if it was wood, you wouldn't put it on the map. But if it was stone, you would. And the quarry men would you know, have lots of scrap stones they could take away. And I guess that's probably what's gone into the, the walls here. So as we're walking along, I'm, I'm quite curious to know how much of the buildings here are, like you say, corrugated iron and wood and very new, and how much of them are actually perhaps underneath the old granite buildings that, that date back to the quarrying time. Yeah, Pat Hayes, super historian, former president of the Royal Asiatic Society and a massive contributor to local history here. I've, I've benefited a number of times on the Hong Kong Heritage Programme, talking about salt, talking um, about Na Chin Wai years ago, but many other subjects with Pat Hayes, a great giver of his time mm. and knowledge. Now, of course, we haven't mentioned that David Bellis, of course, is the founder of Grulo.com, which is 
a great local history resource of photographs of information, tens of thousands of pages. Yeah, we just passed 50,000 pages this uh, <laughs> end of last year. So it's still, still growing. And you, with your computer knowledge, always keep that up to date. So in terms of Grulo and in terms of David Bellis, you've also got a talk coming up next month with the Hong Kong International Literary Festival. Can you tell me a bit more about that? Oh, yes, I'm, I'm excited. So first time I've ever taken part in it. And so I'm hoping it'll be a, a very different audience from people I've had before, coming at it more from the, the storytelling. So I'm going to be using pictures. It's got some official name, I don't remember, but I'm treating it as Gulo's Greatest Hits. So I'm <laughs> going to go through my books, pick out some of my favourite photos that have really good stories to tell. All sorts of stories. There's obvious stories, there's like detective stories, there's stories of people, there's stories of how Hong Kong's changed over the years. And that'll be on the 11th of March. Yes, because you've had four books out of your photographs, um, but you've also got a fifth coming up, I think, later this year. But they're all stories that are behind the photos. So you'll have these photos and then you're able to elaborate on what the tale was behind. So there'll be elements of that on the 11th of March. Oh, definitely. So instead of a kind of a static PowerPoint, I bring along very high resolution copies. So then we, we zoom in with the audience and we show them all the little <laughs> hidden details. So they can be detectives too. Yeah, I hope so. I hope they enjoy it. I'm looking forward to it. So do you know where it's taking place? We'll be at the Maritime Museum, so it's oh, nice. convenient to get to. It's on a Saturday, I think it's uh, sort of late afternoon, so yeah, all good. Now we've got some, is that a generator? We've got a bit of ambient sound there. I think we are, I can hear the, the <laughs> drill going. <laughs> now you've got a couple of questions for listeners. Yes, a couple of things we've struggled with. One is a, it's a very old question we've had for going on for years. It's on Bonham Road. There's a little obelisk, funnily enough, in the ground. And it's on a boundary between two buildings, but it's got the letters A-H engraved into it. So normally we'd expect to see like an I-L for an inland lot. This one's A-H, and no one's ever worked out what the A-H means. So that's the first question. So that's on an obelisk along Bonham Road. And, uh, and you say between two buildings, so do you know where along Bonham Road? It's close to the government school, yeah, around there. An obelisk with the letters AH. If you've got any ideas, then uh, approach gulo.com, of course, David Bellis himself, or otherwise, you can also I'll put the question up on the Hong Kong Heritage Facebook page. And then the other one is a, a picture we posted up. I bought it in the UK. It's a race at Happy Valley, and I bought it because on the back it says Mr. Blank winning the race. And I thought, oh, maybe this is like a Dutch name or something. But it turns out that in the old races, a lot of the business owners raced under pseudonyms. So there's one Mr. Dryer's Dust, there's a Mr. Blank, there's a Mr. Towers. He lived in a, a building called the Towers. We're trying to find, is there a way to get from the made-up names to the real people? Oh. I've asked the, the Jockey Club's museum, and they, they have lists of people who took part, so they can see the names. But of course, when the, when the races were publicised, everyone knew who everyone was, and so we can't seem to find any way of cross-referencing. Has anyone got any suggestions there? We've got the date, we can see it in the newspapers, but the newspaper just says Mr Blank. Ah. We're, we're trying to find, is there a, a oh, cross-reference right. from... Find out who Mr Blank yes, was. Yes, who is Mr Blank? <laughs> Fill in the blank on Mr Blank. Oh, yes, there we go. <laughs> <laughs> so those two questions. If you have any ideas, then do come to the Hong Kong Heritage Facebook page and I'll put the questions up there so it'll be great to hear your ideas on that and do go and visit of course if you don't know about it already David's Hong Kong history website grulo.com we're back by the waterfront we've passed two small cannon big rocks 
we're now at the front of a little red temple. Now that's obviously been modernised on the outside, but is this a temple that really goes back? Goes back a, a couple of hundred years at least. This is a little book about temples by Ken Raby. It says, located on the eastern tip of the Kowloon Peninsula, overlooking the entrance to Victoria Harbour, this temple is dedicated to Tin Hao, Empress of Heaven. That was such a lovely morning. The warm sun, the red temple, the bicycles and trolleys. Afterwards, we went for a nice cup of milk tea. My thanks to David Bellis, the founder of the popular Hong Kong history website, grulo.com. David will be giving a photo talk at the Hong Kong International Literary Festival on March the 11th. So do go along and see him there and find out a bunch of Hong Kong history facts. Here's two questions I've put up on the Hong Kong Heritage Facebook page if you do have any answers there. Thanks for listening and join me next week on Hong Kong Heritage. <laughs>